Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. I like simple, and in this video, I want to share with you seven simple philosophies that I have found has really helped sales professionals all over the world to adopt some of the system, systematic things that I teach. So in this video, I want to share with you seven things that I think will radically shift how you approach customers and how you control the sales process. Hi, Bill Kasky here. I have spent the last uh, 30 years or so helping sales organizations and salespeople, adding at least $750 million to top-line revenue as near as we can tell. And one of the things that I find is most useful for them is to get clear on the sales philosophy that you have. You know, I started talking about sales philosophy 10, 15 years ago, and people would discount it. They would say, you know what? I don't need any philosophy. I just want to know, who do I call next? How many cold calls do I make today? I never heard that voice, actually, but that's my impression of what it sounded like. And the problem is that without a philosophy, you're all over the place. You're winging it. Your people are winging it. If you're a VP of sales or CEO, your people right now have no sales philosophy. All they have are sales actions. And when you all you have is actions, you're not thinking clearly about the end result. So I want to share these with you. Are there more than seven? Yeah, probably. I just picked the top seven that I think are going to have the most impact for you. So here's number one. Convincing is outdated and overrated. Convincing someone to do business with you is an overrated and it just doesn't work. Uh, persuasion and convincing. And if I could show you a way, sir, that you could you could have what you want, would you buy this today? That old stuff. I mean, it, I don't know that it ever worked. It probably did. It doesn't work today. People are on to that. So stop convincing and start finding problems to solve. The best, highest paid, highest income earners are those people who are a hawk for problems and pains in the customer's life. If you're trying to convince people to buy from you, you're doing it wrong. Number two philosophy is your customer must care more than you do about getting the problem solved. You care about getting their money. I know you. I know me. If I'm not careful, I can default back to, well, when am I going to get paid? And what's in this for me? And, oh, okay, a $10,000 a month thing. That's wrong. It's wrong-headed. When I go down that path, I'm off track. So what you need to do is understand the customer's care more than you understand your needs. And your needs don't matter. It's their needs that matter. And that's very difficult to do. But once you adopt that philosophy, it becomes a lot easier to show up with that frame of mind. And when you show up with that frame of mind, guess what? Everything turns easy because they can feel it too. You don't think your customer feels when you really want the business and when you care more about making the sale than they do about getting their problems solved? You don't think they can feel that? Come on. They feel it. They feel it when you walk in the door. 
if you have the wrong attitude about that. Number three, your ability to communicate complex concepts and subjects is a master key to success. If your philosophy is you've got to figure out a way to take the complex and make it simple for people, we're not talking about dumbing it down or treating somebody like they're a fifth grader. I'm talking about taking a complex subject and breaking it down and making it easy to understand. Uh, John F. Kennedy used to write his speeches as if a fifth grader, I think it was a fifth grader, fifth or sixth grader could understand it. He wasn't talking to fifth graders. He understood that when you're giving a speech, you've got to make it simple to comprehend and to understand. Same thing here. If your solution is complex, and most solutions are, even if the it's not the solution that's complex, it's the sales process that's complex, You've got to figure out a way to make it step by step and make it easier for people to understand. When they understand it, guess what? They're going to see the value in it. When they see the value in it, guess what? They will buy. Fancy that. Philosophy number four really deals with you and and your team if you have a team. And that is there must be a path upward or every path is downward. There's always a race to the bottom. And you as a sales professional or your team as sales professionals must see the path upward. They must be constantly on an ascension road. Be a good name for a road, ascension road. The road that's always going up. It may not go straight up. It's going to have some detours and bumps along the way. But every one of your sales professionals as a team leader should understand where are they going? You know, we spend a lot of time with our customers talking about where they're going and how do we take them there and what's the process. And we talked about it earlier. I'm going to talk about it here in a moment about using the right process. But what about you? You as an individual, do you have an ascension plan? Do you know what's going to happen over the next five years, how you're going to get from this result to this result? We all want this result, don't we? We all want to make a half million dollars or a million dollars, whatever it is for you. It doesn't have to be massive, but you're all, you want to scale your business. You want to get paid more for what you do because the other option is if you want to make more, you just have to work harder. And we know that's not the answer. So what is your path upward? Uh, we have a program called the Million Dollar Seller, and we introduce in that program this concept of the ladder, the leverage ladder. How do you, how do you make, uh, progress in leveraging your talent, your wisdom, and your, your assets. And the more you raise your asset base and the more you leverage your assets, the higher up you go. But if you don't have a path upward, then the path downward will be, become very apparent because your skills will get worn out. The things that worked five years ago won't work anymore. You'll see people around you doing things and it's like, well, I never learned how to do that. It's because they're, they're living in a different world. You're going to see a lot of people in their 30s and 40s start to dominate in markets because they know how to do these things that a 50 to 60 to 70-year-old person doesn't know how to do. So if you're in that upper age range, 45 and above, you'd better figure out how to reinvent yourself and how to use digital technology like this to improve your results. My fifth philosophy is your needs don't matter. And I touched on this a little bit in number two. Your needs don't matter to the prospect. I know you think they do, and I know they matter to you, and they matter to your loved ones and to your spouses and partners and bosses and bankers and pastors, and your needs matter. But they, o- they only matter to you, really. Because at some point, people have their own needs, and you don't really care about their needs. I mean, obviously, your family, you do. But your customers don't care about your needs. 
All you should be focused on is them. And I don't mean needs like, tell me what your needs are, sir. I'm talking about caring about their issues, their problems, their circumstance, their frustrations. If you get clear on those, your needs will take care of themselves. And here's what I see for UVPs of sales. You make a huge mistake here. When you spend all of your time in sales meetings talking about you, your needs, and the needs of the company, it's a huge mistake. And then you send people out to the field and you expect them to care about the customer's needs. You haven't, you haven't described the customer needs. You, you haven't proven to me that you really care about the customer. You care about profitability. Okay. But I think you can care about both. So you spend all your sales meeting time talking about what are we going to get? What's on the, what's on the docket? When's it going to close? We don't spend any time talking about the customers. I've got one sales organization out of the, 50 I've worked with over the past couple of years who's really good at that. They spend half their sales meeting talking about how they've helped their customers. You know what? Every one of their people is inspired. I've got other people who never spend time on that, even though I've suggested it. And they and their people struggle because they get out in the field and all they think about is what's in it for me. And we always say that we want to service our customers, don't we? We always say, oh, no, we're into customer service. No, you're not. If all you're caring about is your needs, you're not into customer service. You don't care about them. But I know you do. I know you do deep down. So try to figure out a way to get your needs out of the equation, and that'll leave room only for their needs and their problems. Your needs will take care of themselves if you figure out a way to do that. Number six philosophy is vaulting in the sales process is for amateurs. Don't vault. Here's what I mean by vault. You, you rush it. You go too hard too fast. And I know why. It goes back to point number five. We talked about your needs don't matter. When you have needs, you want to vault. You want to make things happen quicker. You know what? Uh, if I could show you a way to do this today, would you, would you sign the order? I know you never say that, but that's, that's how the customer feels. What's it going to take to get this off the street? What's it going to take to get this order? Well, sounds like uh, you, you have some problems, so do you want me to drop a proposal? That's too fast. If you haven't spoken to the people inside the company who are going to make the decision anyway, then you creating a proposal for somebody is way too quick. So I want you to be patient. I don't want you to vault over the process. Here's some things you need to keep in mind. Number one, I want to know what's the problem I'm solving. What's the circumstance that they're experiencing? This is all part of one, even though I did that. Uh, what's the circumstance they're experiencing without this solution in their life? What kinds of financial pains, this is number two, what kinds of financial pains are they having because they aren't solving that problem? Do you have any sense of what the financial implications are? If you don't, and then you start to try to close, it's they're going to say, well, wait a minute, I'm, sp I'm going to spend $100,000 on this. I don't know why I would do that. Where's the juxtaposition of economics? In other words, you got to have, what are they going to spend, but what's the return on that spend? What are they going to save? What are they going to earn? If you don't have the financials figured out, uh, you're, you're going to lose. Number three part of this vaulting in the, in the sales process is make sure you understand the process. The process they go through to make a decision, more importantly, what's the process you're going to go through to help them make that decision? Even if the decision is no, you're not going to use us. That's always an option. So what's your process? What's theirs and what's yours? How do they co-align? So that's number six is vaulting is for amateurs. Don't vault over the sales process. Have a sales process that you follow rigorously. First off, have a sales process. Have one you follow rigorously. I think you're going to find you're not going to have, be tempted to vault as much.
And number seven is my favorite. It's the last one, but it should be the first. But they can't all be the first, so I had to have a first, and I had to have a seventh. Here's the seventh. Your number one mission, this is my philosophy now, your number one mission is to create the atmosphere for the truth. For the truth. The tru- if the truth is that the prospect is not going to buy from you no matter what your price is, I want to create the atmosphere to understand that right up front. I might still be helpful to them. I might still be willing to go down the path a little bit, but I'm probably not going to go down it very long. I want to create the atmosphere up front where there is trust. You know, we hear this, we hear this about people aren't going to buy from you unless they know, like, and trust you. And knowing is about not being obscure. How do, how do we get out to the marketplace, which is a whole different video. Two is like you. Are you likable on video? I mean, maybe I am to you. Maybe I'm not. But in person, I'm fairly likable. I, I don't get too serious. But the question is, do people trust me? Do they trust you? And what is it that causes trust? And what causes trust is when you can create an atmosphere for truth. Truth causes trust. If I feel like I can share the truth with you without feeling like you're about ready to pounce on me with an offer or try to sell me something, if I, if I feel really comfortable with you, I will trust you. So truth and trust. Truth leads to trust. So what leads to truth? Well, creating the right atmosphere in the sales process. How do you conduct yourself in the sales process? I know we all think we're really good at it. Oh, yeah, you put me in front of somebody, baby, I'm going to close them. And yet you close 15%. What happened to the other 85%? The other 85% didn't trust you, or they didn't have a need. But probably not all 85% didn't have a need, didn't have a problem that you could solve. Probably it got back to trust. They trusted somebody else better, or they trusted doing nothing, because that's the phantom competitor doing nothing. So I hope you've... uh, got value out of this seven philosophies there's more that we talk about we've got mindsets and philosophies and rules but i thought you'd enjoy hearing what my philosophies are on sales and uh if you're a vp of sales and you're watching this and we're getting ready to talk then hopefully this has helped you to see kind of what i believe see you next time oh by the way go to billkasky.com there's all sorts of stuff there there's uh, free stuff there's paid stuff there's classes there's courses i'd love to have you go and also listen to the bill kasky podcast too